0: It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Ready, set, set. Just call me Swanny. Clemson Sports Talk has come back to Drive Time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle once again. It is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk for you each and every afternoon around the great state of South Carolina. And out of the gate on a Monday afternoon, we send it out to ESPN's Ryan McGee. Ryan, hope you're doing well. Appreciate you joining the show.
1: I appreciate it, man. I, I mean, you know, we're just all just you know we're waiting, right? And, uh, and 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 but the good news is, I think we're going to get some games kicked off. I mean, think. Who knew we'd live in a world where Central Arkansas Austin P was like the greatest thing that ever happened in the history of the world So because it just proved that we can play some football. So
0: Not only that, but social distancing football. defensively on the first play led to a 75-yard touchdown. <laughs>
1: so. yeah, that's right. That's right. Didn't, what are the rules of engagement during this thing, right? You have to stay six feet away from the wide receiver because I think maybe so.
0: Yeah, okay. Let's, uh, let's get into it a little bit because you've been around this sport um, your entire life, and last time you were on you mentioned the fact that you and your father and brother were working on – uh, putting together a book and that book's already out. And some people have already gotten it sidelines and bloodlines a father, his sons and our life in college football uh, written by Ryan McGee with his father, uh, Dr. Jerry McGee and his brother, Sam, uh, all a part of that. So we talked about the collaboration a little bit the last time you were on, but, but what does it meant for you to kind of reach this point with this book, Ryan? Uh,
1: it's the greatest. Well, and I, I appreciate you mentioned, you know, it's, um, you know, it has meant so much to our lives, and I mean, places like Death Valley have, have were just pivotal places in our lives because, um, you know, that was the day it felt like the first time Dad went down to Clemson was the day it felt like Dad had arrived. Right, he'd worked so many small <laughs> college games and so many North, you know, high school games in the Carolinas, and and then all of a sudden it was like, you know, I remember him coming. But we lived in Raleigh at the time. I remember him coming back and going, "Guys, we thought we knew what college football looked like." but I have seen what college football actually looks like when you you go down to the for the first time. And so, yeah, those are our memories. And, and the, 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 all these stories that the three of us have told, my, my father, my brother, and myself, and we've shared, and um, you know, have told at the dinner table and told the touchdown clubs, and now this was an opportunity for the three of us to really, for the first time in my brother and I, in our adult lives, for us just to sit down for hours together. You know, here in Charlotte, where we live, and just tell these stories and get them down on paper, and and uh, you know, finally share these stories that we've loved so much with, um, and how much the game means to us, you know, with everyone.
0: Now, what does your brother do? We, you mentioned your father's an official. We knew that from the last time. But what, what's your brother's role?
1: All right. So my dad was a longtime university administrator. He's retired now. was was a college president. He was vice president at Furman uh, for years. But that's why I graduated high school in Traverse Rest. And my brother is an attorney uh, here in Charlotte. He went to Yale Law School. So he went to Wake Forest in Yale. And my, So my father has three degrees, and my brother has a law degree from Yale, and then there's me. So <laughs> that will tell, tell you where I rank. I tell them, I said, I felt a little bad because my name is bigger on the cover of the book than theirs. But the reality is, is that um you know everybody knows that in the in the uh, the McGee academic wars I'm a distant third.
2: <laughs> <laughs> look,
0: I I understand where you're coming from. I think I'm in the same situation uh, by comparison to my sisters for sure. But hey, you know what? Every once in a while you do get a little top billing, and it's a fantastic looking book. Sidelines and bloodlines. Again, you want to check it out uh, by Ryan McGee working alongside his father and his brother. So I was trying to figure this out, and I didn't want to cheat and look. Where, what game is this? Like, I can't tell what stadium I see like on the cover. I see multiple yeah. Atlantic Coast Conference teams. It feels like this is an ACC championship game, but I can't quite put my finger on it.
1: It's the inaugural ACC championship game. It's okay. uh, Florida State, Virginia Tech, uh, down in Jacksonville, and it was the inaugural ACC championship game. And, and what's crazy is, I mean, two things are crazy about it. Is, number one, um, that's the only picture we can find of the three of us like together at a game—that's not true. There, there, we, we had one picture of the four of us when my mother was still alive. The four of us at the Orange Bowl on the field in the old Orange Bowl in Miami. But that's the only picture we had of the three of us, um, you know, at a game. We were there so many times, but you know, this is pre-smartphones, so you know, you didn't document every five minutes of your life back then. <laughs> right. So we asked someone to take a picture of us on the sideline before the game. But what, what's the stories in the book? We thought that was Dad's last game. Um, Dad had, he knew he was, he'd been officiating in the ACC since 1982, and um, and he knew after 25 years, he's thinking, all right, you know, if I get this inaugural ACC championship game, that might be a good one to end it on. And so my brother and I both had little baby girls at the house, and we went to our wives and go, listen, we hate to do this, but we got to go to Jacksonville. And so we went, and we squeezed it in between our jobs, and we got down there, it had such a great time, and, and and it was a much better game than I thought it was going to be. And the game's over with, and we're in the van, in the tunnel at the stadium at the Gator Bowl. And the officials ran off the field, jumped in the van, police escort back to the hotel. and We're just hauling butt, you know, down the highway. And I'll never forget, reached over to shake Dad's hand and said, "What an amazing career!" And Dad didn't even make eye contact with us. He goes, "You know, I think I'll do one more year." <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he ended up doing three. He ended up doing three more years. He, he worked He, ended, he worked a, a, a Cotton Bowl, a Rose Bowl, and then his last game was the BCS National Championship game. So, yeah, there were several times when we thought he was going to hang it up, and he didn't because he just loved it that much. And and, uh, and we're, glad he, we're glad he did it as long as he did.
0: It gives you, Ryan, though, a unique perspective, I, I think, on how officials are treated and, you know, uh, begrudged after games and and tough calls that that go against teams. I mean, has that sort of given you a, a different perspective when you're writing not not a book, obviously, but articles about college football?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, there's a the whole last chapter of the book is about you know after dad's officiating career, but how my career as a sports writer uh, has been shaped. Uh, so amazingly by my experience as growing up in in a house with a college football official and my brother. You know, we we, we just watch the game differently. You know, when you talk to kids of coaches, they just learn the game of football differently. And when when you're the kids of officials or or the kids of players, you know, there's three teams on the field uh, is the way I I grew up watching football, which is you've got the two teams that are playing and then there's a third team on the field, and that's those officials. And, um, (laughs) you know, they work just as hard. They do the rule study. I mean, I wish everyone could see, could have seen like my dad running backwards wind sprints, you know, in the backyard. All the neighbors thought he's nuts, and the reason was because that's he was a field judge. He was downfield, so he he ran every play running backwards. And and so him sitting at the pool, my brother and I were playing in the pool, and my dad's got his rule book out with highlighter, and he's getting ready for exams, and he's going to meetings, and every single week, all the local officials wherever we lived. We're having meetings and watching film and taking tests and, you know, having to take heart stress tests and having to prepare for the one-mile run and going to clinics, and, you know, and the payoff was hopefully you got a great schedule and got to step out on that field. So, yeah, you just learn the game differently. I mean, so when I was a kid, if, so let's, let's say uh, the NCAA instituted a new rule about, you know, kick returns or punt returns. And so dad's going to explain the new halo rule, right, around the, the receiver. And, and guess what we're doing? He's taking me. He goes, all right, Ryan, you're going to be the kicker turner. Sam, you know, you're a downfield defender. Go get your mom. You know, we need another defender. And here's the ottoman. <laughs> you know, and so th- that's how we learn football. And so when I watch games instinctively in the press box, I count the number of players on the field on defense because that's what Dad did. And if I know immediately if, if there's a substitution infraction. And I'm watching the game clock and I'm watching the play clock, which Dad used to keep on his wristwatch. You know, during games. And so there's just little things. Detail-wise, that that I just I do instinctively because you know that's how we watch games of miles.
0: It's funny you bring that up. By the way, Ryan McGee with us from ESPN. Follow him on Twitter at ESPN McGee, talking about his book "Sidelines and Bloodlines," which you can put your fingers on. I'm looking at it right now on Amazon. But uh, Ryan. My nephew is a, a high school basketball official. He does that for fun on the side. And we'll be watching the game to this day. We start watching a basketball game, and there's like a big dunk, and he's like, oh, man, did you see that? And I'm like, what? And he goes, the form when he called that charge. I'm like, no, I didn't see the form. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, he, that's <laughs> a win. Now, I t- I t- I t- I, my <laughs> brother talks about this in the book about how, you know, our friends, our college roommates and our friends in high school and even our friends as adults. We see that as a victory if, you know, when I was at ESPN right out of college and was working on SportsCenter, and on a a college football Saturday, you know, you're down in this bunker, we call it a screening, and everybody's assigned to a different game, and your job is to watch the game and cut the highlight and deliver it to SportsCenter or game day or whoever. And so there's just amazing energy in this room. And I would love it when, like the big Saturday night game, and most people are watching that, and, you know, know, uh, so-and-so throws a long touchdown pass, Everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, how would he get so open?" And I'm like, "How'd that back judge beat him to the goal line?" You know, but <laughs> but eventually you eventually you get them to to realize, you know, how hard the officials are working. And so, listen, we're not. I, we write this in the book. We're not naive. Um, you know, we know where referees rank in the minds of fans. But but the goal, and my goal, throughout my career as a sports writer, has been not to convince you uh, that you should never boo a referee. My dad boos officials at games, but the, uh, <laughs> but you should you should respect you know, what they do because, um, believe it or not, they're working awful hard. And, and the reality is it's important you say that about your family member because the, the struggle with the officiating industry right now is recruiting young people because it's just not – you have to put up with a lot, particularly in the social media era. And and, it, and I would argue a lot of times I – mean, one of the chapters in our book is, you know, if you can work Sigma Nu versus Kappa, you can work the Rose Bowl because when Dad started officiating intramural games at in East Carolina, um, in a lot of ways – officiating those games was way more difficult than officiating Clemson, South Carolina because, you know, you're dealing with drunks. And, and if you're, you, you're officiating high school football, you're dealing with parents and you're dealing with crazy coaches. And so if you can get through those ranks, uh, it's worth it. But it's just hard recruiting young people to even even deal with that.
0: Again, check out the book, Sidelines and Bloodlines. Again, the father, his sons, and our life in college football, written by ESPN's Ryan McGee, his father, uh, who is Dr. Jerry McGee and his brother, Sam McGee. Okay, let's shift gears away from the book for a few minutes, Ryan, and, and talk about uh, college football and where we are uh, today, based on what we've seen recently. Uh, the Big Ten's leadership has been called into question since they backed out of the college football season. Now there's talk that they might kick things off in on Thanksgiving weekend, and and all the, you know, everything that's going on there. Uh, just sort of your thoughts on what we're seeing out of that league right now.
1: Well, I get the emotion behind the parents of, of the players, and it's not all the parents. You know, a lot, a, lot, a lot of parents have come out and said, no, 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 we're on board with this. But but the ones who are vocal and the ones who are marching and the ones who are writing open letters and getting petitions signed and filing lawsuits and all that stuff, I get the emotion behind that. Uh, just like I understand the emotion behind players saying, you know, the, the, we want to play, which Justin Fields, quarterback at Ohio State, you know, kind of led that charge in the Midwest, and, and certainly a lot of the Paxwell right. players did too. But the decisions made, man, that hay is in the barn, and and you can't unscramble that egg. And the reality is their leadership made the decision that they thought was best uh, for them based on the information that they had. Um, And quite frankly, I think it probably is all going to even out. You know, I I have my questions about – and listen, I'll be there. I'm all in. There's no one – I'm not rooting for not having football. I, I want. I, that's why I wrote a book. I love the game so much, and it's meant so much to me. But, you know, I have my questions about whether the teams in the ACC and the Big 12 and the SEC can get in a full season. And I hope they do. Sure. But, but the reality is that I think it will all even out in the end. Um, you know, teams are going to play in the fall, and they're going to play in the spring, and it sounds like we're going to have some teams trying to play in the winter. And by the time we get to, you know, next spring, uh, everyone's going to have played whatever games they can play. And so I, I get the emotion behind it, um, and I get that there has to be a Darth Vader, and right now that's the Big Ten Commission. <laughs> um, but, but at the end of the day, those decisions were made by the university presidents based on the information that they had. And, um, you know, different conferences see it a different way. But, but you know, I hate it for them, but that's just how it is.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I've i stopped calling it a season. I, I, I've said we're playing a schedule. Right. I, I don't, exactly I don't th- right. you know it, it might might be eight for one team and ten for another. I have no idea that's but it.
1: No, that's it. And, and that's what I've told everyone is it's written in pencil. You have to go into it <laughs> knowing this is all written in pencil because you know let's just say I'm not going I won't say an actual team but it's all right state university. you know all of a sudden they have a Florida Marlins type of outbreak. Well, they're gonna have to park it for two weeks. And the team right. they just played is probably going to have to park it for two weeks. And so, you know, maybe you'll get those games rescheduled. Maybe you won't. But, but yeah, I, I've said this all a lot in the last couple of weeks. When my daughter was a little girl, we used to say to her, you know, you get what you get and you don't pitch a fit. Exactly. And the reality is if your team gets in seven games and that's all they get in, then uh, you get what you get and be happy with that. That's,
0: uh, listen, man, you're all over it. I said the other day, I said, look, somebody's got to get that yellow popsicle. I mean, I know you didn't want it, but
1: somebody's yeah. got to get it. Yeah. Uh. Isn't it funny, you think back to like April when we were just a few weeks into this thing and, and everybody's like, well, I, I will not watch baseball without fans. Yeah, you will. And, you know, <laughs> and this this bubble idea, this is dumb. This is dumb. No, it's not. You know you, you'll take whatever you can get listen I'm, I'm the biggest indy 500 uh fan in the world and it broke my heart not to be there in person over uh you know that weekend there in the middle of august right but the reality is i was really happy that the indy 500 was even run so you you, you just take whatever you can get right now and just be happy that you know this is all ultimately a speed bump and 10 years from now we can look back on it and talk about it and write books about it, and reminisce about it and be upset about it but but um you know we're just everybody just do the best you can do with what we have right now
0: couple of more minutes with ryan mcgee here on the show today at espn mcgee all right ryan so the ap poll still had the big 10 and the pac-12 teams in i thought that was a little weird but okay uh the coaches poll came out before those two leagues announced that they weren't going to be playing here's my question if they do start in november All of a sudden, are those teams going to start popping back into the polls in their other little alternative season? And what do you think it will look like? I know this is a big hypothetical, but for the college football playoff committee.
1: What I have told my much younger colleagues is that, you know, we're kind of rolling it back to like 1979, you know? I remember I remember talking about going to games with dad. I remember we were at the Orange Bowl in 1990, and it was number one Colorado and number four Notre Dame. It was not the Rocky Mountain game; that was the next year.
3: Yeah, right, uh, right. But
1: Colorado was number one, and Notre Dame was number four, and we were. It was at the old Orange Bowl, you know, the old rickety Orange Bowl, home of the Miami Hurricanes. And and throughout the game, during like TV timeouts, the crowd would just start cheering at these weird times, and I realized it was all the locals who were watching Miami play, and they were number two. They were watching them play in the Sugar Bowl an entire time zone away. And kids, that's how it used to be all the time. And so, uh, you know, you kind of had multiple seasons going on because you just knew that if a Pac-12 or Big Ten team was number one in the country, they are going to play in the Rose Bowl. They weren't coming to the Orange Bowl. They weren't coming to the Citrus Bowl. They weren't coming to the Sugar Bowl. They weren't going to any of those games. And so – Back in the day, we kind of had these, uh, you know, ask Georgia Tech fans about it. You know, we kind of had these years where we had split national champions and big arguments about who was actually best. And that's kind of what we're going to have this year. And um, it's just the difference is uh, it's going to be spread out if it all goes to schedule. It's going to be spread out starting, you know, uh, starting this past weekend uh, with some FCS games all the way through, uh, you know, at the Big Ten and Pac-12 play all the way through the spring. Hey, Maybe in the end we'll just be happy we had football for nine months.
0: Ah, well, I'm happy we had it last. uh, I guess what Saturday night this past week, so that was good for me.
1: Hey, we'll tell you again. (laughs) Hey, you get what you get. And you don't pitch (laughs) Pitch
0: Hey, guys, it's a great place to leave it. Again, the book, Sidelines and Bloodlines, A Father, His Sons, and Our Life in College Football. Ryan McGee from ESPN with us here today. Ryan, man, it's always great to catch up with you. You know, I I should ask you this one other thing. I can't help seeing these Boy State commercials for this new movie that's coming out and, and not expect some sort of appearance from you.
1: Yeah, I've I kind of got my feelings hurt. In fact, I didn't know about it. My <laughs> yeah. daughter—I uh, took my daughter down to Palmetto Boys State. I, I get to speak to the Palmetto Boys State every year, and uh, I took my daughter with me two years ago, and so she loves it. We're going to get her involved in Girl State, even if it's in South Carolina, even though we live in Charlotte. I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her there. And the uh, yeah, I'm like, why did they not consult with me about this? Yeah, I'm what is? Sure I mean, enough. this is
0: about South Carolina. I haven't figured that out. Is it? No, um...
1: it's about. Apparently, it's about like a the Boys State uh, out in Texas. Okay, and um, I can't imagine how many how many boys there are, but but you know if you go make one about boy state, I don't see how you don't have Palmetto Boys state in there because it's the best. You had you I go to any boys I went to Boys Nation. And I talked to all my buddies that, that I met back there and, years ago, and they'll all tell you that South Carolina is the model. A lot, a lot of the states are struggling keeping the thing together, and South Carolina keeps growing. So yeah, I'm all about it. Hey, and, and by the way, um, I'm going I'm to shamelessly tease the book for a second. Yeah, I, I'm not just saying this. There's so much Clemson in this book. <laughs> and there's so much Danny Ford in this book. And, and I'll, just, I'll just say this. There's one story in the book where Danny Ford grabbed dad before a Clemson-South Carolina game and accused two of the officials in the game of cheating, and they might have been. <laughs> and there was also another time when Danny Ford might have had a few too many drinks at the ACC officials' clinic and crashed through a uh, a coffee table in a hotel room. So I am going to make y'all read the book, but that's there's so much Danny Ford in this book.
0: Oh, I love it. Ryan. Thank you, sir, for being a part of the show, man. Look forward to catching up with you soon.
1: You call me anytime.
0: We hit a quick break here on the Monday edition of the show that shakes the Southland. Stay with us.
4: Here's your chance to win $1,000. Text the nationwide keyword BANK to 200, 200 You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's BANK to 200-200. Fox Sports Radio 1400 Traffic. Traffic tie-ups this afternoon include I-26 eastbound near the St. Andrews Road exit, other tie-ups, Bush River at Latania Drive, and 601 at Garner's Ferry. I'm Rob Sanders. You can reach out to me on the 103.5
2: FM WVOC traffic tip line, 343-1055.
3: This report is sponsored by Stand Up to Cancer.
2: I'm Tony Goldwyn. Twenty years ago, when my mom had lung cancer, she didn't have many choices. But today, you do. If you've been diagnosed with lung cancer... Please visit standuptocancer.org slash lung cancer to learn more.
4: Twenty ribeyes for $40 in three locations around Columbia right now for a limited time. Hurry now! 20 ribeyes for $40. EBT, credit cards, debit cards, all payments accepted. Last chance to compare five-star steaks to Omaha Steak Box Steak deals and save on the ribeyes. 20 ribeyes for $40. Look for the big tent in the parking lot at Dutch Square Mall, Columbia Place Mall, and in Orangeburg. Right now. Also on the big truck, crazy deals on premium steak, pork, seafood, and gourmet chicken breast. Everything must go. It's a truckload meat mania sale. Look for the big tent in the parking lot at Dutch Square Mall in front of Office Depot and at Columbia Place Mall at the Park Lane Road entrance. Look for the big truck in Orangeburg next to Superior Kia across from Hardy's on 301. Crazy deals on Kansas City Strips, filets, bacon wrap filets, mega ribeyes, and get 20 ribeyes for $40. Three locations around Columbia open 10A to 6B in the parking lot at Dutch Square Mall, Columbia Place Mall, and in Orangeburg next to Superior Kia. Don't wait! Uncle Dan. Mom. Dad. If you store your guns properly, so not just anyone can get to them. I'll feel safer when I'm playing outside.
3: Safer when walking home.
4: Safer when my friends come over.
2: As your neighbor, I'll feel safer.
4: As a school teacher, I'll feel safer.
1: We'll all feel safer.
2: Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, Be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Our military service members volunteer to protect us in the most dangerous places around the world they step up and when they are severely ill or injured returning to their families is only the beginning of their long road home beyond all the hospitals and doctors and surgeries they need just to survive they also deserve whatever they need to truly live all the in-home care and day-to-day help they need to live independently on their own terms Wounded Warrior Project long-term support programs were established to provide these brave men and women whatever they need to continue their fight for independence at no cost for life. So many of them need us, and it's time for a grateful nation to step up. Find out how you can do your part at findwwp.org.
0: You're listening to Clemson Sports Talk with my dad, Law, and Swan on Fox Sports Radio 1400 and on the iHeartRadio app. It is the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk on a Monday afternoon. How about Ryan McGee, man? Solid, solid performance from Ryan, a part of the program here. And, and we try to get hooked up with him quite frequently. And I know many of you listening to the show around the world on the iHeartRadio app. And, you know, every once in a while since we've been home through the... COVID-19 era, things can get a little squirrely every once in a while. So uh, if you do experience any technical issues, which is something I think we've all become accustomed to, if you're watching, just message us. Say, hey, Swanee, sounds a little weird, and uh, we'll do what we can to get you fixed. Again, follow us on Twitter at Clemson Sports. your website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. You know, I, what's so powerful, I think, about this book, by the way, uh, Sidelines and Bloodlines is the name of Ryan's book. But what I think is so powerful about it is the fact that his father and you know his relationship and, and again this should not preclude his brother but his he and his father both really you know being locked in on on sports the way they have been and for his dad I can't wait matter of fact Ryan after that texted me his dad uh, dr. Jerry. Uh, McGee's number, and he said, "Man, you sh- you should get my dad on. If you think my story, you should get my dad on." So I can't wait to get hooked up with him. But I mean, to hear that final game being a BCS national championship and all the great bowl games and memories and moments, I mean, that's reason enough. That's reason enough to dive into that to that book. But then you know Ryan's such a spectacular writer from his time with ESPN the magazine, and of course with. Uh, ESPN with a show Marty and McGee that you can watch uh, on television as well. I mean he's he's one of these guys that first and foremost, sort of from you know the North Carolina South Carolina area, uh, has so many great ties back to this state. And again, our country is vast. What I love is when you can find those guys who are a little bit more localized, a little bit more. Again, this has never been for me. I know, listen, I know the name and lights on this show is emblazoned with the name of the Clemson Tigers. Like I get it, man. There's a national championship clock from the 1981 season behind me. But when you can get people in who understand this state, who understand the passion of football in the South, you know, who like, this is no offense to a guy that, that could come on this show from like Oregon, It'd be fun. We'd love to love to talk about the ducks quack quack, you know. But when you can talk to a guy that's kind of lived it, and you get those stories in a book as well, and I'm not a huge reader, I will tell you, like people will say, you know, and I think we, because of the internet, we're all larger readers than we probably perceive ourselves to be. But I'm not like a guy that's going to go to the beach and open up a paperback book and sit there and read. Like that's not my style. But I do listen to a lot on Audible. I do if I, I read maybe on my phone or on my Kindle or whatever. But, you know, I, I think that great literature and great writing and storytelling is still very hard to come by. And I, I just know from talking with Ryan to discussing this book, like if you're a if, if you fiend for that type of thing, man, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. All right. So Larry wants to know, Larry says, why the delay Swanian in announcing uh, the Clemson Wake Forest start time? Well, Larry, I your guess is as good as mine at this point. I guess we are kind of g- getting uh, up against it to a degree. Um, I would I would think that maybe tomorrow, what's today? Let's see. Yeah, Larry, it seems like Tuesday would be about right. So I'm guessing that those times will come out maybe tomorrow. I'm not 100% certain, but that would be my my guess. I know we got a lot of people getting back to school, a lot of people getting ready to start school. Again, we're seeing schools like NC State, uh, speaking of colleges, uh, taking the students off campus. Uh, that's the move to get you the bubble, in my opinion. That's the move you gotta make. That's the thing. I saw David Teal had an article uh in the uh Richmond on Richmond.com for the Richmond Times dispatch that said as students leave campus, bubble may be the best hope for college football. I mean, this is this is, you know, not brain science or rocket surgery, am I right? I mean, that's just kind of the way it's got to be. I think these kids are going to have to be off campus. Our friend Beth, chiming in from Williston. Big city, home of the Blue Devils. Williston Elko. Beth, thank you for being a part uh, of the show today as well. And if you have comments or questions or, or whatever you want to get in. But yeah, I think you're right, Larry. We're up against it for sure. I mean, those those start times are going to be coming out. I haven't seen anything official. I feel like the Tuesday prior is when they come out uh and i don't know if they will do any of those uh, you know with the and this is going to be this is going to be so unique because not having the big 10 and not having the pack 12 available uh, there are marquee time slots on channels open and it it's hard to imagine that like fox who typically carries the big 10 would not try to capitalize on carrying like some marquee SEC games if they could pull it off. And I, I really believe that even in a circumstance, and I, I should probably read up on this, there's gotta be there's gotta be somebody that's, that's written about it. But even in those circumstances, with the contracts, given the fact that these leagues have to make money and want to make money, I can't imagine that they don't just say to CBS or ESPN and say hey look we love you guys but we we for our financial situation like if you want football on ESPN in the future we're going to have to play some games on Fox this year. We need to make the extra money. We got to play them in prime time we want more eyeballs because those spots are open at least until the Big 10 and those decide when they're going to play. But I I think that what David Teal writes about is Exactly what I've been saying. He said some people would look at it as exploiting the student athletes. Other people would look at it as exploiting the parents who have written the checks to these universities. But their kids are doing virtual. My thing is, you have to, in my opinion, you've got to make the best decision on two fronts. It has been health and economics the entire time. I don't believe that you can play college football with these students on campus. And so whatever moves you had to make, you may end up having to refund some money to people. You're going to have some people that are going to be disgruntled, but these are tough decisions. And at this point, I think if the students, like there was a pool party at, at the university of South Carolina this weekend that, I mean, you just look look at it and go, man, what are you guys doing? They're trying to get to a football season. Help them out. And and we've heard that from some of the Clemson players. They're like, look, we we know what we have to do. We hope the students do the same. 803-450-0086, the show that shakes the Southland rolling along on a Monday. Stick with us.
4: A grand in your hand. That would help out a ton. Winner. It's amazing. <laughs> After winner. This will be very helpful. After winner. Definitely keep me going until I hopefully go back to work soon. You could be next. This helps a lot. Your chance to win $1,000 is coming up. Listen for your cuDA text on Fox Sports Radio 1400.
1: Are you sick of all the swiping? Left, left, left. You're in search of the perfect one. Guess what? We know where to look because we know that finding the right home can feel about as hard as finding your soulmate. Forget the swiping. Go to stanleymartinhomes.com backslash perfectmatch. That's the webpage where you'll fall in love with our new ready-to-move-in homes or choose to build the one that's designed to include all your heart's desires. Oh, you'll find the perfect match without the swiping at stanleymartin.com backslash Perfect batch, for housing opportunity.
4: Live from the fifteen hundred dollar instant rebate, AAA Heating and Air Weather Center. Tonight the skies will clear out, but it'll stay warm, lows mid seventies. Tomorrow highs low to mid nineties with scattered late storms. For Channel Twenty Five, ABC Columbia, I'm Chief Meteorologist John Farley. This report is sponsored by Compassion International. We're all feeling the weight of COVID nineteen, but for kids in poverty around the world, things are becoming desperate. Join Compassion International and provide for a family in poverty. Make your one-time $40 gift. Text HOPE to 83393. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well,
3: I finally did it. I opened a 401k.
4: So you're giving up, just like that. Giving up on what? I'm getting an inheritance from a distant relative. Debt? You watch your mouth. Retirement shouldn't be a goal for us. It should be a way of life. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date?
3: Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together.
4: Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
2: Jason Alexander for the Will Rogers Institute. Everyone thinks they know about asthma, but did you know that over 15 million people in our country suffer from the disease? Or that it causes more hospital visits, lost work days, and school absences than any other chronic illness? that its symptoms, shortness of breath, tightness in your chest, and a persistent cough or wheezing can be signs of real danger. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter.
4: Tell your smart speaker to listen to us every weekday for 12 chances to win $1,000. Just say, Alexa. Listen to Fox Sports Radio 1400 on iHeartRadio.
0: Back at it on a Monday. Again, Ryan McGee on earlier. If you missed the interview, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Lawton Swan on Twitter at ClemsonSports. All right, so if you're watching, share, share, subscribe, do all that cool stuff. With Davos, when you go to the NFL, your thoughts weigh in. Why or why not? Uh, I know there's some conversations going on about it because of an interview this morning uh, on ESPN. and, And we will get to... Uh, those thoughts as well. But I want to give you a chance, want to give you a chance to uh, talk about what you think uh, on that front too. So you could chime in if you're watching on Twitter, Twitch. If you're watching on Facebook, you can even tweet at us. Again, would Dabo Swinney leave for the NFL? To put it in perspective, you know, when you talk about his contract, and obviously – uh, with the COVID nineteen deal, he he gave back ten uh, percent of that this year, so he went from like eight point three million, I think, a year to seven point six or something. But if you look at the NFL's highest paid coaches, I mean that that would be the one thing that, uh, like, from my perspective, listen. If the question is, is he going to Alabama? We talked about this recently. At this point, why? Uh, you you can be Clemson's Bear Bryant. You could be bigger than Danny Ford, he is. You could be bigger than Frank Howard, he is. You could be the biggest name in the history of Clemson. He might be already. But you're not going to be that at Alabama. I mean, Nick Saban, for everything that Nick Saban has done in Alabama, he's not Bear Bryant. And I don't know if there's anything Nick Saban could ever do to surpass Bear Bryant. Sweeney, I think, look, it'll never be called Sweeney's Rock. We understand. Like that's not going to change. But you can be the biggest name at Clemson University. And you could argue he already is. And if they get more titles under his watch, then it begins. I mean, we. It begins to get a little ridiculous. But we talked about the difference, the 18 years. I mean, I put the article up on ClemsonSportsTalk.com and broke down my thoughts on it. And again, it's not to be dismissive of Nick Saban. It's not to be dismissive of people that are 68 years old or older. But Saban's on the, the, the twilight of his career. Dabo Swinney's still on the ascension. And Dabo Swinney's had more success at 50 than Nick Saban had at that point in his career. And I think Clemson's position better for the future in the Atlantic Coast Conference, I mean, just I—I I look at these things, I evaluate, him, I make the honest assessment. Doesn't mean that Sweeney's the best coach right now. It doesn't even mean if he wins two or three more titles, if he's that fortunate, that it makes him a better coach than Nick Saban all time. But at Clemson University, a hundred years from now, they'll be saying, "Well, he's no—he's no Dabo." I'm gonna tell you, I'm—my uh, granddad talked about Dabo. He's no Dabo. Yeah, that's who you'll be. No how good the Nick Saban of that era at Clemson, it won't matter. People will still be talking about Dabo Sweeney the way they talk about Bear Bryant. Now, do you think he would go to the NFL? You look at the salaries in the NFL, that's the only thing for me that would potentially drive Dabo Sweeney uh, to the league. Because you go down the list and Sweeney's pretty much at this point at eight point, I think eight point three million, he would be the eighth highest paid coach in the NFL. He makes more than Mike Tomlin right now, more than Andy Reid. I'd have to see if Reed's got a new contract, but what I saw, you know, Bill Belichick makes twelve million. Pete Carroll, who people compare him to uh, because of the relationships he has with his players, makes eleven million. John Gruden makes ten. Sean Payton makes nine point eight. John Harbaugh makes nine. Matt Rule, who just went from Baylor. To the Carolina Panthers, make eight, makes eight point five million. Of course, Dave Aranda took took over there uh, at from LSU's defensive coordinator took over at Baylor. We'll talk about LSU. They had some interesting news over the weekend as well. But I see some texts coming in. Uh, John, I believe, listening to us in Archdale says Dabo is not leaving for the NFL. Look, I I'm kind of with you on that. Archdale, North Carolina chiming in. I I just think it's. Like You have to want that. You have to desire that. And again, if you're wondering where this conversation came from, a former Jets general manager Mike Tannenbaum was making an appearance on the Get Up, the Get Up show this morning and felt like Dabo Sweeney would be the perfect fit for the Jacksonville Jaguars and kind of felt like that Trevor Lawrence could be the number one overall pick in 2021 and that Sweeney could build the culture in that area, called it the ideal situation. And he said he knows that NFL general manager C. Dabo Sweeney is the same mold as former Southern Cal and current Seahawks coach Pete Carroll. Now, one thing Dabo Sweeney has said when they were talking about paying players previously, you may remember, he said, well, if you're going to pay the players, I might as well coach in the NFL. I mean, that's about it. That's about all you've really got to go on uh, from the would Dabo Sweeney go standpoint uh, is his little addendum to... If we pay players, I might as well. Doesn't mean I will. Doesn't mean I'm going to. So, uh, you know, again, I am one of those people that just believes that there are coaches that are made for the collegiate game, coaches whose relationships with their players are larger than the dollar signs that they could potentially make. And while Dabo Sweeney has obviously been accused of things in the past where maybe a player has been baptized on the field, and there have been some groups that have come after him. I think the Freedom of Religion Foundation at one point came after Clemson. That is not something that is ingrained in Clemson's system in terms of, oh, well, you got to be baptized to come play for Dabo Sweeney. But the thing that they do want to do at Clemson is to develop young men, whether that's through the Paul Journey, which established when he said, look, that's why we feature the Paul Journey. That's why the Paul Journey is the first thing you see when you walk into our football operations complex, because our program is not built around wins and losses. You know what the NFL is about? Wins and losses. You know what the NFL is not about? Culture. You know what the NFL is not about? Raising young men and helping young men through their journey, through leadership. To help create passionate individuals who go out and and represent the institution after their playing days in that regard, with these transferable skills that Clemson wants to instill in these young men. Sure, Dabo loves putting guys loves putting guys in the NFL. That's awesome. Do you know what else he likes equally? Putting guys in classrooms, having these young men become teachers, like Robert Carswell. Now, Robert wasn't under Dabo Sweeney, but he's the prime example of what this program is set up to do. Architects, lawyers, all, you know, whatever job these individuals want to do when they can't play football anymore, when the football days run out, that's what Paul Journey is about. And that's why it's the key cog, and that's why I think Dabo Sweeney would not leave for the NFL. News out of Baton Rouge, next.
3: When you get in your car, you need the best directions to get where you want to be. You will arrive at your retirement in eight The years. same is true for your retirement. You need a voice to guide you along the way. Join Pat Struby for Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Pat's 18 years of experience can help make your retirement journey feel like a drive down easy street. Arriving at your retirement.
4: Saturdays, 6 a.m. on Fox Sports Radio and Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 9 on 560 WVOC for Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby Attorney Preston
0: McDaniel has been fighting for the rights of injured South Carolinians in and out of court since 1984.
2: I'm Attorney Preston McDaniel and you know I grew up in rural South Carolina. Every time I look across my desk at an injured worker, I see one of my friends or neighbors. They didn't ask to get hurt and they don't deserve to be treated like a rented mule by an insurance company. If you or someone you know or care about is injured on the job, help them get a fair shake. Call the McDaniel Law Firm today at 771 Visit
4: online at pfmcdaniellaw.com. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org.
0: Wake up with Hardy's new chicken and waffle breakfast sandwich. It has just what you need. Juicy hand-breaded chicken, crisp to perfection, glazed with honey maple butter, nestled between fluffy golden waffle buns, and you can get it all day long.
4: The new chicken and waffle breakfast sandwich available all day. Part of hand-breaded chicken sandwiches at Hardee's.
2: Feed your happy. For a limited time at participating Hardee's restaurants, price of participation may vary. Fall is just around the corner. So are Labor Day savings now at The Home Depot, where you can save every day on everything, from mulch to power tools, new appliances to a fresh coat of paint. You can even shop and save right from the app and get convenient delivery right to your door. The only question is, What will you do next? Tackle more fall projects with Labor Day Savings now at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only Wasp last ballot through September 7th iHeartRadio is the number one choice for music, radio, and podcasts, all in one. No one makes it easier to hear everything you love in one free app.
3: I love that it's free. I listen to 24-7 comedy a lot. Everybody needs a way to laugh. Just what I need these days. No other app has all the stuff I want to listen to. Radio, podcasts, and music. All together. I can get them all for free
2: on iHeart. If you're not one of the tens of millions who have the app, download iHeartRadio for free today and start listening.
3: iHeartRadio.
4: Fox Sports Radio 1400, online at foxsportsradio1400.com, on your phone with the iHeartRadio app, and on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos, and iHeartRadio station.
0: Your car, the show that shakes the Southland, Clemson sports talk, Monday through Friday, four to six in the middle, and six to eight in the PD and the Low Country, on the iHeartRadio Radio app. Both, all four hours, I guess you'd say, both shows, all four hours. And again, thank you to everybody listening to us, not only on Fox Sports Radio fourteen hundred, Sports Radio one hundred point one, The Fan nine twenty a.m. The Fan as well. Great to be with you, with Dabo Lee for the NFL. Uh, that's what we were talking about a little bit earlier. I say no chance. I just don't see it. You can't build that culture. Speaking of culture, because when I when I tweeted like this is this is where Twitter becomes a weird world. Like you tweet some news, <laughs> and the people are like, well, culture problems. You can't. What's going on? People are like, what is going on down in uh, Baton Rouge with LSU? Jamar Chase out. Jamar Chase hanging it up just a couple of weeks out from the college football season uh, for the reigning defending national champions. I can imagine today uh, on the Bayou.
4: Forget you, pal. Thanks for
0: nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's tough It's tough because it's amazing because I've seen so many different ways to view the idea of the additional year that was granted to football players and one of the ways that some players viewed this was okay i will choose to play collegiately because if i get sick worst case scenario i can come back next year i didn't lose anything if i play well i can go pro like it is a freebie Dabo Sweeney called it a freebie. We'll hear from Dabo Sweeney later today. Or, or actually, we won't hear from Dabo Sweeney, but we will have coverage uh, from Clemson for you later today on ClemsonsSportsTalk.com. They are getting out on the practice field in about an hour. They'll be wrapping up about, I think, 740. So look for that in about mm, an hour, two hours from now, three hours from now. Try to do the math. Depending on where you're listening, it could be in a few minutes. Um, but the the thing about it, again... When you have these options, it opens up the choices these young men can make. And to make the decision that Jamar Chase made, and he put out a, a, a tweet, I guess, about 44 minutes ago, said, first and foremost, I have to thank my teammates, coaches, amazing LSU fans, and everyone else who has supported me to this point. It's truly an honor to represent this university community in the great state of Louisiana. Now, Jamar Chase... Was going to be a star wide receiver for LSU this year, and he put out a lengthy, lengthy tweet. Uh, We—I don't think I—I re- I did not retweet that. But yesterday, the thing I did retweet was the notes of how many players LSU's lost off of that national championship team. And let me just tell you, it's absurd. Off of the offense alone, here's who LSU lost to the NFL. They're starting left tackle. They're starting left guard. They're starting center. They're starting right guard. They lost their backup right guard, their backup right tackle, their top two tight ends. Jamar Chase now gone. He was their number one receiver at one spot. They lost two backup receivers, Stephen Sullivan and Derek Dillon. They lost Justin Jefferson, the other star opposite Jamar Chase. Number six, Terrence Marshall Jr. back this year. They lost Joe Burrow, Miles Brennan, expected to be the quarterback there. They lost their running back, Clyde Edwards-Elair. That's just on the offense. Defensive side of the ball, they lost their top two backup outside linebackers. They lost their top backup defensive end on one side. They lost the two defensive ends uh, on the other side in their three-down look. Big, uh, big Richard Lawrence, who looked a lot like Big Dexter Lawrence in that number 90. Nose tackle, you're good. It feels like the only spot. Nose tackling corner, I think, are the only spots they didn't lose anybody to the NFL. They lost their starting outside linebacker. They lost their middle linebacker. Uh, Actually, both middle linebackers in that 3-4 look. They lost their starting cornerback. They lost their starting safety, Grant Delpit. They lost their backup safety, Corey Vincent Jr. And yet, they're still a team that's ranked inside the top five. Everybody's top 10, essentially, but inside the top five, and now they lose their top wide receiver. This will be akin to today, coming off of the practice fields at Clemson, and uh, if Justin Ross weren't injured and out, this is what it would be akin to, coming off the field today, and they go, well, Justin's decided to hang it up. He's just going to start getting ready for the NFL. I mean, that's that's what LSU fans are absorbing today, folks. And that's a huge loss for that program. Knicks listening to the program in Statesboro, Georgia. All right, so let's see. We've heard from people in the state of South Carolina today. We've heard from people in the state of North Carolina today. We've heard from people in the state of Georgia. All right, so that puts what Virginia? If we're if we're just spider webbing this thing out, Virginia, you're on the clock. Tennessee, you're on the clock. Alabama, you're on the clock. In Florida, you're on the clock. Check in, chime in, be a part of the show. William Qualkenbush, co-host of Out of Bounds with Qualken Kelly on 105.5 The Roar on a Monday, joins us college football this weekend. How much of the FCS game did you watch? A smidgen, a pinch, a dash, the whole board. I was in for about three-fourths of that meal. <laughs> I talked to my buddy Lowell uh, yesterday, and, and he was like, it was rough. It was rough. Like, you can see because I don't know if I often watch those FCS games like with purpose, with passion, with intensity. You could see that it wasn't exactly the level of play that you're accustomed to. No! Yeah. High snaps. Uh, just social, <laughs> social distancing on the first play of the game for a 75-yard touchdown run. Now, that... When that happened, like when you see the guy, I can't remember, it was, it was a little catch in the flats, so wasn't there a pitch. Whichever it was, I don't know, the guy makes a mid-miss, he like starts to get in the space, it's the first play of the season. And
4: I'm saying, woo, right here. <laughs> right?
0: You're like, here we go, college football. And then I thought, did they tell those guys to do that? Because the announcers even said, I think it was Matt Berry, who actually used to work in the Midlands at Fox uh, Sports Radio, uh, it was 1,400, the team at the time. I think Matt Berry was on the call, and he said something like, man, if this kid returns this kick, I'm, I'm going to put my headset down because that's the way it kind of felt. Qualkenbush joins us next. Stay Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan on Columbia's home for sports. Fox Sports Radio, 1,400.